0: Hello, how are you listeners? I miss you. Welcome back. Uh, Before we get the show truly started in 20 seconds or so, I just wanted to let you know that it's been a trying five or six months here. I had to face a number of challenges from no cause eviction to people in my building becoming addicted to very nasty drugs and losing their minds. It's been a wild ride. My housemate and I say this is kind of like a Steinbeck novel. So I'm going to summarize it or digest it and share that with you. But before that happens in a future episode, I wanted to get this episode out. I finally had the time and mental energy to edit it. It's a great, great hour-long conversation with Jake Seegers. We talk about character story and fitness, combining. Yeah, yeah, just stay tuned. Anyways, I just want to let you know that during the chaotic period While I wasn't able to still produce podcasts to share with y'all, I was able to keep relatively calm through the chaos and, again, just relying on what we talk about on this podcast. We know challenges that overwhelm us will come at times, so when they come, how do we say, all right, I have a skill set for this? For me, it's relying on rituals. Cooking, cooking, cooking has been just so... A da- great daily ritual, even every morning, making my oatmeal and my mate. Just having simple rituals that keep us going: exercise, hydration, singing song, singing, singing songs has brought humans through so many great challenges. So when we sing, we plug into that. Anyways, so I just want to let you know that I think of you. I hope you're well. Drop me a line sometime if you want, and stay tuned for a great episode. Good to be with you. Welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Chris, and today I have another exciting guest in the studio, Jake Seegers, a great Ithaca personality, one of these awesome community folks that we have a lot in this wonderful small city of ours, and he has he is the founder of FitQuest. When I heard about this, I said, Jake, we got to get you on the podcast, because what we're going to talk about this interview is Jake is able to combine... The power of narration as it pertains sort of to role playing and the D&D world. That sort of narrative story use, combining with fitness training. So Jake is a fitness trainer who combines stories to give people some narrative to keep their fitness goals exciting and interesting and engaging. So without further ado, let's say hello to our, our friend Jake.
1: Hi. Thanks, Doug. I actually really appreciate you inviting me to come on here. Nobody's ever invited me onto a podcast or done any sort of news article about this, which I kind of find a little uh, surprising. I guess that's an egotistical thing to say, but I think that Fickwest is awesome, and I appreciate that you're bringing me on so I can share share the vision with more people, and I appreciate that awesome introduction because I feel pretty, pretty uh, proud of myself now that you did that.
0: That is awesome. Well, one thing I try to do with these interviews is to highlight people who are doing something innovative and unique. And a lot of times, if people are doing things that are innovative and unique, it takes a little while for society to understand. You know, you're combining two different things. You know, if maybe you would just focus on, like, I'm traditional fitness trainer or I am traditional Mm -hmm. mm, narrative game master, Mm -hmm. then maybe that would be that people would be like, oh, I understand that. But you're combining two new things, so five years from now, I wouldn't be able to get you on the podcast because you'd be like, eh, my honorarium's too much. Yeah, I mean, the honorarium it. of this podcast, I give you like a free book. When yeah, you're you, getting you me know. while I'm hot. So, <laughs> so you're
1: getting in on the ground floor. I think you actually just did a little bit of a, a brief synopsis of what FitQuest is, is it's a combination of two things, basically. Well, it's a combination of three things. A kickboxing class that happens online and Dungeons and Dragons and a, and a fitness class. I'm a martial artist, and I've been practicing for over 14 years now. I could go into this. I'm sure you have more questions about this, so I'll hold off in a second. Talk freely. Leave leave some hooks for later. Okay. But I think, like, one thing that you mentioned was it's the, the power of being able to innovate and combine things. So if there's anything that I leave people with after this podcast, it's the inspiration to see what they can combine in their lives to create something new that inspires them to try something new and different and keep themselves motivated by creating something new, especially if it comes to if it has to do with fitness. So you might be able to take a fitness concept and see if you can mix it with something else that you like so that you can take the joy of movement and, well, maybe something, maybe you don't have a joy of movement in your life and maybe you don't find uh, physical fitness an enjoyable activity, but maybe you could by blending it with something that you do love. Maybe it's pinnacle. Or... It reminds me, I,
0: I use the term scaffolding. Oh, like interesting. something you already enjoy is the first thing, and then you're scaffolding something you want to grow and build. So, mm-hmm. oh, I really love X, you know, and I want to add in Y. So, how do I scaffold or connect those? So, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're saying. So, so, let's just start with a little bit of your story. You know, if, if you combine these two things, I always think of like how did that happen, but also what, what sets you up to be an innovator or to care mm-hmm. about these two things. Or these three things, I'm sorry. I, no, I, okay. I prepared for the interview thinking it was fitness and D&D, so that the kickboxing element, you have to explain how, how that's its own, its own region. Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, I realized after preparing for this interview that it's not only a combination of fitness and Dungeons and & Dragons... And for those who aren't aware, Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing game, like you take on a role of another character and use dice to tell a story with that character. So if you're trying to face a challenge, you might use a die to determine whether or not your character succeeds in that, and you usually play with a group, and it's usually set in a fantasy world, though it doesn't have to be.
0: And it's generally a form of group improvisation, essentially.
1: Yeah definitely very
0: creative very playful mm-hmm. mm. and
1: there's a lot of acting components that are built into it and storytelling components but every game is different different people go into it with different things that they like some people well most of D&D has these three core elements it has exploration as a group group exploring the world and discovering new items and things mm-hmm. social encounters interacting with characters that the dungeon master has created so in dungeons and dragons there's a person who is the person who's kind of running the game they're almost the author of the world and the Mm -hmm. person who is the arbiter of the rules and all of the situations that the players might encounter and the third thing is usually combat Mm -hmm. so but you can try to resolve things without combat but it was it's a system that In its current iteration, it's in something called its fifth edition, is built on those three principles. But going back, there's other generations of it that were more combative. So anyway, to answer your question, which I completely did not just Mm. do, um, what brought FitQuest to light? What brought it into being? Well, I think it kind of starts with my own martial arts journey. Um, A while ago... A long time ago now, I started practicing Aikido with Joe Cummins, and I really enjoyed that practice, and I practiced that for about four years until I realized that I needed more perspective. I had never practiced a traditional martial art that involved striking and punching and kicking before. Aikido, people might loosely say, is a martial art where you're learning to blend with another person's movement. So if somebody's throwing a punch at you, you might be able to intercept it and be like water and just kind of stick stick to the movement and redirect it and let it sort of happen. And it's considered kind of a high level martial arts sort of concept, which I was completely unprepared for. I kind of went into it just like being just totally unaware of those kinds of concepts most of the martial art that i knew at that point was hacky sack so i wasn't super knowledgeable so i decided to uh build out my understanding with japanese traditional sword uh, a school called yagyu shinkage ryu which is a traditional traditional koryu style of martial art basically means traditional school and jeet Kundo, or jun vong Gong fu bruce lee's school of martial arts and if it wasn't for jeet kune do who i learned from colin lieberman in town fitquest would not be what it is today i met colin at a at a game tournament um and he and i both connected over martial arts and game design so mm. he designs games i design games and after becoming involved in uh Jun kung fu with him um it gave me opportunities eventually to help teach kids And because we're both game designers, we would use those uh, concepts of designing board games with the kids to help inspire them to do fitness and um, help inspire them to enjoy practicing. And he gave me that space where I could do that and experiment with all sorts of ways to, to to teach children, but also teach kickboxing classes in new and interesting ways. I realized that I wanted to that being a personal trainer would be a good um, feather in my cap for being a good martial arts teacher, so I picked up a personal training certificate, which was really useful for me. I worked hard for that and started doing personal training as well, and incorporated game design into my personal training. There's a lot of aspects that kind of come together here. So uh, in my in my personal martial arts journey, sometimes you have to really train very hard to get to different tests and in itself like martial arts could be considered a primordial gamified fitness like system in a way because you're you practice and then you get to the next level. You're leveling up each time or you level up to different belts and each belt is usually a lot harder than the last. Mm. in, in fit quest and in other video games it's common for people to train and you start at a certain base and you get to a certain threshold but then the th- next threshold is a lot harder than the last and there's a concept called experience points so the more experience you get eventually you get to the next threshold and that's a pretty much like that's a that's a that's kind of similar to martial arts in a way Mm -hmm. you need to train you need to get that practice in Mm -hmm. so that you have enough experience in that art so that you can pass your test and then get to the next threshold and then you've kind of increased in power Mm -hmm. and martial arts in a way is a pretty straightforward game don't get hit in the face Mm-hmm. N- or get in the f- hit in the face less. <laughs> and you're winning at the game when you don't get hit in the face. So that's it's a pretty straightforward game in some ways. And it has intellect, and you can kind of solve the puzzle of how the martial art works, and it keeps your mind engaged as well as your body. So instead of just doing a thousand push-ups a day, which could be mentally stimulating to some extent, um, you're combining it with movement practices that incorporate the interaction with another person it becomes more like a game so in so that's martial arts kind of starts with some gaming concepts sorry i have to start moving things and fidgeting yeah, on that i basket. like the
0: con- i wish to pause. i really like the concept you you said something very clearly i thought when you said martial arts is a primordial game with levels mm-hmm. and i think that's that's really good i like that because that's a good way of looking at it and primordial game is probably and with levels is probably elements that just work with the human psyche mm-hmm. certainly I, I know people like people like levels they like progression they mm-hmm. like feeling that they made it to the next you know that's just like there's something in the human brain that likes levels
1: it feels good to set a goal and achieve it mm-hmm. right so i mean that's that's really useful for us to have like a destination for us to be moving towards with fitness, it can be a little challenging because a goal could sit, it could be, I want to maintain a physically active lifestyle for the rest of my life. That's like a good goal, but it's not necessarily timely. So or very clear. It's not clear. It's not like immediately obtainable. So when you have a fitness system that allows you to um, see a clear, a clear. Um, a clear goal in the near and future. And a progression of goals. A progression of goals. It can help us feel a little safer, I think. It can be like, well, I don't have to feel the stress of the thousands of hours of working out in the, for the rest of my life. And the, the weight of that on me. I can think about the next few weeks, getting to this next benchmark. And that's a little less stress-inducing, I think. So, during my martial arts practice, and this somewhat inherently gamified system and participating in this inherently gamified system with a uh, Sifu who is also interested in game design. Um, Sifu meaning teacher. teacher. I thought so. Yeah. Kung Fu teacher, Colin Lieberman, uh, centerline fitness and martial arts. So anybody who's fitness. interested. Okay, great. No, it's <laughs> good to give
0: the shouts to the people yeah. who helped you along the way. Yeah. For
1: yeah. Sure. In fact, in preparing for this episode, I really realized a lot of like FitQuest wouldn't be here without, without his influence. But I wasn't always super motivated to do all those days of training that I needed to do. So I needed more systems to help me prepare and and. Um, this and is like the aha moment, right? This was Time the come sort of yeah. the aha. The aha moment was forming. Mm-hmm. I started using pieces of software that would help me keep track of my habits, and some of these were already RPG themed. There was a very simple RPG role player game. role player game, play yeah, play play game play theme. Thanks. Um, one of these was called Life RPG. And it was almost like an Excel spreadsheet that mm. somebody came up with. It was very simple. And it no longer exists today, but what it was was a place for you to write down your habits and when you succeeded at them, you would get a little bit of experience points and when you got to the when you got your experience points, you could level up. Mm-hmm. And so I just started doing that, keeping track of what the workouts I was keeping track of my workouts, Mm -hmm. and slowly leveling up my character. Mm -hmm. And I found that it was really beneficial to me. Um, Eventually, that service stopped getting updated, and I was waiting for updates and waiting for updates, and nothing came. And then I discovered that a new system had been invented. It used to be called Habit RPG, and now it's called Habitica. Mm. And it's essentially the same thing. You could create a Habitica account right now and start gamifying your habits today um it's a really cool system you can create a little pixel avatar and you can create a party or a group with other people and um start leveling up a character you can collect magic items and upgrades for your character based off of the um let's just a little bit of we'll see if we can edit that out
0: yeah that's a problem
1: um or keep it in it's organic it is set the vibe always loud in the street yeah
0: down the block from the firehouse
1: yeah (laughs) So I still use Habit RPG, and some of my FitQuesters do as well. Did I'm I call sorry, it Habit sorry.
0: RPG? I, we'll just, just wait a second. Oh, wait a second. Pause, yeah. uh, you mentioned have, uh, Life RPG. Yeah. Uh, and Habitica.
1: Now it's Habitica. Mm-hmm. And Habitica is really useful. But I essentially decided that I was it was so helpful for me that I could start using things like that with my clients. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a system that essentially does the same thing. I can level them up they get levels for completing workouts, getting experience points. And then I did have my aha moment. I w- I decided that I was going to create a class, a class where everybody would do this together. People would have a meeting with me where we invent their character that they're trying to they're trying to progress them and help them get stronger. And I would tell a story. I would invent a story and we'd all explore the story together and they could make decisions in the class. Um about where they're going to go with their characters. And each time they complete certain fitness exercises, they get a certain amount of XP for their characters or experience points. And it started off very primitively. Um, Just using, like, it was almost like a choose-your-own-adventure style thing. And it took a lot of work. And I kept stealing more and more things from other games, like Dungeons & Dragons or other kinds of systems, just taking what worked, different dungeon design elements and um, exploration elements and just using more and more of these things until I realized that essentially I was just really close to using Dungeons and Dragons. And after a year or so, I just, I created a system that completely converted Dungeons and Dragons into a fitness a system, which I just call my FitQuest system. <laughs> But most of the time, we get together on Wednesday, Thursday nights, or Sunday mornings, and um, and play the game and hang out and talk about what kind of nerdy movies we've watched recently, mm-hmm. and uh, just just play. We play and we work out.
0: Um. So you said Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So I'm a little bit confused. Is it is it does it different days, different weeks? Like how, how does it's this every- schedule? three times, three a, times week, a week. Three times a week. That you are like present uh, online mm-hmm. with the group, and the group meets and works out. Yeah, and, and it's going to be more soon. Oh, I'm wow. making this, okay.
1: like, this is my, this is going to be my primary job. Yeah, yeah. You that's... know. So, yeah. I mean, I'm looking for Tuesday nights soon. I think I want to have a horror-themed version of it. I also hmm. combine other games sometimes. There's a game called A Quiet Year, which is a collaborative world building game which is kind of like DD but it's more about creating a space so instead of creating a story you're creating an environment and then other players can go in and play DD in that environment so there's there's new things that i invent with the, with the quest all the time um and some things stick around and some things go away I also want to give a shout out to my friend Luke Bonet If it wasn't for Luke I wouldn't have gotten into designing this either because he's um a board game designer and he's subject he's my best friend and he's been subjecting me to board games since board game testing since I was a teenager and eventually I just decided I had to design my own board games because I came up with my own ideas love it yeah and FitQuest is
0: kind of like designing a board game system mm-hmm. so. How, What's been the biggest change over the last few years of your initial vision and your vision now? Is there anything that's just really, oh, that, that really has changed?
1: So, like I said before, it started with, essentially, I was using Google Forms, which has a function where you can link the answers that people make to different answers, and essentially you can make I choose your own adventure style story mm-hmm. and so it was a pretty simple structure where I could just like click what people's answers were and it moved more into the direction of incorporating Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it did used to be on uh, in person so we were meeting at Centerline Fitness and Martial Arts and using medicine balls and using kickboxing gear and all of that kind of stuff and then with the advent of coronavirus into our lives we had to move online so, um, but that's worked well it's worked well for me actually I it actually was a push in the right direction for me um, and also it gave me time and space to really work on the system and what I wanted it to look like because before I was doing it often enough and feeling kind of like I was busy kind of trying to Survive, and um, I had some time there where I could really take a step back and look at what worked and what didn't. And I've simplified the system a lot more. I haven't really talked about how FitQuest works. Uh, I noticed that that wasn't really—it's kind of there, but I can briefly. Yeah, go into please. That. But how about you ask me another question first okay. before we?
0: How have the results been? Do you do you keep track of the results? Do you feel like? you're making some long-term difference in people's approach?
1: I think that uh, FitQuest mostly, one of its ambitions is to try to help people find the joy in movement and to spend a good amount of time conditioning themselves to associate fitness with positive and uh, with a positive um, positive associations. I mean, so a lot of us kind of find movement and athleticism fairly rewarding naturally. It's good to find intrinsic motivation in exercise. It, it is intrinsically motivating. Exercise reduces our depression usually and usually reduces anxiety and it can increase sleep, the um, le- length of time sleeping. And it can also reduce our risk of mortality. There's intrin- a lot of intrinsic benefits to exercise. Um, as well as the physical benefits, um, helping boost your metabolism, and help you maybe lose some weight. Though proper nutrition is the most important thing when it comes to losing weight. Um, there are a lot of intrinsic benefits of exercise, but a lot of people don't really—they don't. It's harder for them to connect to that. Some people were not raised with a lifestyle where they feel very connected to their physical bodies in that way, and. In my experience, personal training and teaching, I encountered more and more of those people. I like moving my body. I often find the benefit is there for me without too much external motivation. But FitQuest kind of draws upon that sort of disassociative focusing strategy, kind of like going for a run and listening to some awesome music. Like, you, your adherence is going to go up if you associate it with a really fun activity that you like to do, or some people save their favorite podcast, hmm. maybe it's weather, weather of the Mind, for those times, uh, <laughs> for, for during those times when they're going to be doing a workout, to kind of give themselves a little, uh, little cookie for, for doing it, or like a positive association for, for working out. So the idea with FitQuest is to help people who might not otherwise want to work out, feel comfortable doing that. And also maybe doing it with other people who, uh, it's kind of a safe space for a lot of people when they're with other nerds who are generally not seen as the most athletic group in the world. Though I'm hoping to kind of help people feel more okay with being kind of nerdy jocks. You can have, you can have both of those things for a good mind and body balance.
0: In our pre-interview uh, conversation, you mentioned you have uh, always been empowered by imagination. Quote, always been empowered by imagination. Do you remember saying that? Can you explain that and how was that developed? I thought it was a great quote. <laughs>
1: uh, I do believe you that I said it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you said it. I liked it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up with a lot of strong role models so uh, finding role models in fiction and fantasy and tv shows and games um, was very useful to me and i also did grow up reading a lot uh, finding my sanctuary in in reading um, and uh, kind of using imagination as a form of escapism to some extent but i'm also naturally an imaginative person it kind of comes with how my brain works i'm i lean less towards organizational strength and more towards creative strength. I've, when I was a kid, I kind of envisioned myself as an inventor, though um, in some ways that's kind of what I've, I am. I've invented this system. Um, I thought it was going to be more like inventing a strange gizmo that would fly around your room, but that's not my skill set. But where is it? Where's your question again? Something, something, something?
0: Um, Always, quote, always been empowered by imagination.
1: Yeah, so... FitQuest quest for me, and also I guess, like, empowered by imagination, also sort of means holding a, holding an ideal, holding almost a version of myself in my head. That's almost like a fantastical version of myself. Like, who would the who would the superhero version of Doug Kirsch be? Kirsch. Kirsch. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's
0: all right. You can call a mistake. Who
1: would the superhero version of Doug Kirsch be?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it almost trying- goes back to our long-term goals, doesn't it? Or is this like fantastical? Exactly. Yeah. Or that's the it's idea? Even can. like, yeah,
1: I think like the the heroic mindset is very useful. Mm. Um, how can we like we can think about how we want to be stronger for ourselves, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, looking in the mirror and seeing your muscles get bigger—if you're a compassionate person—that might not feel very—that might not be as rewarding to you as. It might be to somebody else. But when you think about, like, oh, can I lift up my niece or nephew or my kid and, um, like, throw them into the giant beanbag chair so that they're having a good time hmm. without hurting my back? Or can I help stand between two people who are having an argument and help de-escalate it? Um, can I do things that, like, or can I go down the street for three hours picking up trash? um these kinds of things are almost like heroic ideals. Can I participate in a march for an activist-related cause that's going to help um, make the world a better place? Can I can I be that hero that I see in It's like in the building
0: world? your own capacity in right. many ways, right? Can, right. And then how can I share that in positive ways?
1: Sure. And I guess for me, like I said, I didn't grow up with very many positive role models. So like looking to Luke Skywalker or Yoda or um, um, Spider-Man, or uh, shout out to Princess Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind from um, Miyazaki's, uh, my favorite Miyazaki movie. These kinds of characters, I look, even though they're fictional, I, I can put that aside for a bit and I can look at their qualities to see like, what would I want that they have that I can, that I could have? How could I train so that I could have what these characters have? And I think that that's a powerful thing. You can you can use that. Do you have any Do you have any role models like that that are like fictional role models that you feel inspired by?
0: I think I got a lot of role models from sports. Fictional and, role models. Oh, stay fictional. The, from, from stay with them. I read a lot of biographies. Okay. Um, and so I have a lot of. They're not fictional; they're historical characters. It's not exactly the same, but they have similar benefits for me. Okay, yeah. Reading about figures throughout history and how they dealt with their challenges and how they pushed themselves and how they grew. Okay. I almost tell people reading biographies is amazing because you don't come across many biographies of people whose life was just like, yeah, his life was good, everything was cool. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Was, like people are. And listeners at to, home, you can listen
1: yeah. to uh, Doug. Chris's uh, podcast, uh, his episode on um, the benefits of uh, of reading biographies. The benefits of reading biographies, yes, right. like a recurring theme. And yeah, there's so, certainly a few uh, episodes. Pull that one up if if yeah. you want to delve more into that. Very good, thank you. Good, good shout out. <laughs> it's not a fictional character, but these are characters that characters we can and that we stories can, stories that we can hold mm-hmm. in our minds to to seek out. Like, how can I take? How can I uh, use? those skill sets that they have to to drive to drive myself to be the best that I can be.
0: And it's amazing that we can receive some camaraderie of spirit with other people's stories whether mm-hmm. it's a fictional character or mm-hmm. whether it's a historical character mm-hmm. um, like humans we understand the world in stories mm-hmm. stories 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 and, and end games like what's the relation between story and a game
1: hmm. Well, I mean, some of some uh, video games are very well known for their storytelling capacity and to really evoke, uh, evoke strong emotions in the characters. Games like The Last of Us is a really good example of that. It's a post-apocalyptic story about a man who lost his daughter, but um, a, a young girl joins him so that they can try to stop this uh, basically zombie apocalypse, and it's really moving. There's a moment where they're interacting with a giraffe that they find that's it's it's tear-jerking and I mean there's something different about being the character that's moving through the world you you are the character that's making the decisions and then you interact with the the plot so we can read a story and we can kind of put ourselves there but when you're playing a game and there's a narrative involved it can have a different I mean just try to play a horror game and tell me it's not as uh, tell me it's less scary than watching a horror movie i cannot play a, a, a horror game um they're just too it's too scary for me i'm the one that's in the house that has to run away from the scary creature in the dark no oh. uh, i mean i would i would play one if anybody wants to play uh, have me play i have one. <laughs> no experience
0: i don't even know a horror game
1: well it it can be it can be um very scary just like other kinds of stories like this it can be very compelling um if somebody's putting it together in that way. And just uh, in FitQuest, I, I personally find the narrative um, power pretty striking. Um, I currently do get to play as a character because one of my clients or one of our, the FitQuesters that we have right now, um, he tells a story. Every Sunday, he's the game master. And in his world, I play a druid who is afraid of the dark woods. And I can't. My the other players want to, to, like sometimes we have to travel through the woods, and my character is trying to get over this fear, this trauma. And uh, the one thing that helps him get through the, the, the woods is when he's helping heal others. So he has some healing abilities, and if he's distracted by somebody else who's hurt, if he's focusing on helping somebody else, it helps him get through the dark woods. Which is in some ways, in relation to my own things that i'm trying to deal with i'm kind of naturally a caregiver and i tend to not know how to fit myself into a situation unless i'm taking care of somebody else if somebody else has everything they need i have anxiety what what is my purpose so uh doing being participating in dungeons and dragons helps me create this character that's struggling with this particular problem and it gives me a framework for exploring it it's almost it's therapeutic and actually we uh we, I know someone... I'm not really sure if I should mention who it is. I haven't asked to see if he would like this shout-out. But he uses Dungeons & Dragons in therapy. He ha- it's, that's his main gig, is that he has clients, and they specifically work through certain issues through therapy. So it's very effective
0: when it comes... You to want to talk a little more about the logistics of FitQuest and make mm-hmm. sure that the our listeners understand some of the logistics... Yeah. What else did you want to mention? Yeah, let me break
1: it down so that you can steal FitQuest and use it in your own city or town. Actually, I do not mind. If you do it, just use FitQuest and give me a shout-out. Um, one of my plans in the future is to help train people to be better FitQuest uh, game masters and uh, give them resources to do that to the best of their ability. But I'm, I used to covet FitQuest and think that I needed to have a patent on it before I would share it. And I don't feel that way anymore. Just use it if you can. So the basic system, which I'm not going to actually share through the podcast, mostly because it would be tedious, not because I'm Mm -hmm. um, trying to hold it too close. Yeah, broad brushstrokes. Yeah, is uh, the ability score (laughs) system. So in Dungeons & Dragons, if you had a character, there's six main classifications of six main kind of skill sets that sort of define what kind of person you are. You might be very strong, you might be really smart, you might be really wise, you might be very charismatic, you might be very good at jumping over things and sleight of hand. Uh, these are different skills that you have that are sort of calculated when you build your character. I'm missing
0: one though. Strong, smart, wise, uh, charismatic, athletic. Well, and one of them is um, your constitution. How?
1: how impervious are you to taking damage or like how strong of a stomach do you have usually come it also comes up when people are trying to have a drink in a local inn (laughs) roll for constitution did you fail okay okay very good yeah so in FitQuest, there's um what i call the ability score system which has been in development for a while um it's six different types of exercise, or six different exercises. The first one for strength would be the variations of the burpee. Um, All the exercises are kind of total body exercises. Mm -hmm. So if you ended up doing a lot of them, your body wouldn't become very imbalanced. So if you're a character that uses strength a lot, you would probably end up doing lots of burpees. But Formerly known as
0: uh, squat thrusts.
1: Squat thrust. Oh, they're it, a little different. The way that I learned the burpee is it's a squat thrust with a push up and a jump and a clap. Okay, so it's a little different. Right. Okay. But uh, the squat thrust is in the progression of a burpee. Got it. So some people might come in and they might say that burpee. There's no way I cannot do a burpee, let alone twenty burpees. So they might start with a squat, a squat and step out. Um, ...to plank and then stand up, which is still pretty challenging. And if I have modifications for people who are still having a hard time with that. Uh, so you would basically do... Say you're, you're, um, you're in the bar with your fellow party members and you're the barbarian. Uh, you're the strong person who's pretty much going to win at any of these bar-related games. Big strong orc comes up to you, strong character, and challenges you to an arm wrestling match... And you roll. You roll the dice to see how how well you do at this arm wrestling match. Um, you get a 16. That's pretty good. Out of 20. You, you add a 20. It's a 20-sided die that the game is based mm-hmm. on. You're pretty strong. You add 3 to this. So you get a, a 19. 19. A 19. So that's you almost pretty, can't lose. You almost can't lose. The other character is going to roll as well. Um, they get They get a 1. Oh, oh, no. Bam. You slam their arm against the table so hard that their arm actually goes through the table, smashing it. The bar person says, That's the last time you smash any of my tables. I'm sending you out of here. Uh, sorry. Uh, let's check those levels. It's no, fine. that's great. You're doing great. Uh, <laughs> but um, you would have to, as, as the turns change, the next player goes to take their turn because somebody's trying to, maybe you're, you're, one of the other players is trying to pickpocket somebody and take the, um, the scroll of fireball out of their pocket. Uh, you would be doing a fitness exercise. You'd be doing 19 of those burpee modifications. So maybe it's the squat thrust for you, or maybe it's a burpee, or maybe it's a, a burpee with a um, a jumping burpee, essentially, where your knees are tucked. Those are mm. pretty hard um, if you're pretty strong. So you do 19 of those. So anytime in the game, so in Dungeons and Dragons, these skill checks are gonna come up. These, maybe you're trying to climb a tree, or maybe you're trying to uh, smooth talk the town guard into um, letting you have uh, access the armory and wear some of the armor that they have before you go on a quest um, these things that would be charisma um, these kinds of skill checks are going to come up and there's different variations it's not all burpees so if it was charisma you'd be doing some glute raise related exercises because you'd be strengthening your glutes everybody with high charisma that I've known has had strong good glutes is so, that a correlation <laughs> that's a correlation i thought it would be fun in the D world or no not dnd i just made that you up. May-
0: glutes carl correl- oh so you kind of build some correlations right with yeah. certain attributes that are fit okay i gotcha. yeah, got you that. yeah that's kind of a tongue
1: in cheek yeah it right. might change but one of <laughs> no, the reasons it's good it's
0: yeah. got a nice strong butt
1: yeah
0: <laughs> charismatic
1: one of the reasons i did that was because a lot of people who are traditionally identified as nerdy spend a lot of time sitting in front of computers and playing video games and that your hips kind of tend to atrophy a little bit when you do that. So your glutes tend to atrophy and your hip flexors tend to get a little tight. So doing glute bridges is actually really good for people in that situation. Um, so that's one of the main systems. There's also something called the combo of the day, which is a fi- uh, kickboxing combo. So when you attack another creature because one of the core principles of D&D is a is combat you would do a certain amount of it might be a jab, cross, hook, rear roundhouse kick. That's one of my favorite combos of all time, jab, cross, hook, rear roundhouse kick. And you do a certain amount of those based off of what your roll is. You still roll that d20, you get a 4, not very high, and you do that many of you do that many of the attack and you might, you might lose. And there's something called the Utility Move of the Day. That's for spellcasters. We won't get into it. Um, but feel free to email me at fitquestgm at gmail.com if you have any more
0: questions. Uh, yeah, I'll put all this information, all the yeah. references we've had today. will all be in the show notes on the website. Cool. Whether The One of the last uh,
1: components is something called the Circuit of the Day. So say you're playing with six other people and your turn's taken a while to come around. You could be performing a simple circuit that might take two to three minutes to perform and if you do a circuit sometimes those circuits can be used to give you more experience points but they can also be used to give you or other party members advantages during the game. It might be used to increase those numbers or it might be used to give... I don't want to get too in the weeds about it because some of your listeners might not be familiar at all with Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. but there's Two different ways that the circuits can benefit um, you or other players when they're trying to accomplish tasks. And it actually depends on in whose campaign you're playing. A campaign is kind of like a story arc, um, similar to like a, you might call it a season of a TV show with episodes.
0: So it goes on for a few weeks, that, that story A few arc. weeks,
1: a couple months. Okay. Some campaigns go on for years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, people come and join uh, your class, join your workshops, they come and go, it's a rolling admission, or do you sort of have seasons?
1: Well, it depends, it depends. Most of the time, it, it, you could say it's kind of rolling, but the desire for follow through is strong for players to show up. What I mean by that is, like, uh, the social incentive to keep playing is high, because you've developed bonds with these other fictional characters. And friends. I mean, the people, the people who have been playing with me now have been playing for years at this point, and they tend to be people who are pretty invested in Dungeons and Dragons. That tends to be a, a, a strong, a strong component of the kinds of people who are drawn to it. But I also have something called FitQuest Initiates, which is eight It's an eight week campaign. One of the goals is that you come out of it knowing how to play Dungeons and Dragons, so you can go and take that skill set and use it for the benefit that it it has in your life, to bond, to connect with other people, and get involved in improvisational storytelling and all of those things. I think that a lot of people should be involved in Dungeons & Dragons. It's it's really useful.
0: Well, when I was reflecting on the usefulness of Dungeons & Dragons, kind of led me to think, thinking about how improv relates to mental or emotional elasticity. If we're engaging in improvisational games and role-playing, does it inherently teach us empathy?
1: I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's similar to reading in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, since I grew up reading, I will kind of... Uh, like, I think that anybody who spends a lot of time putting themselves into the mindset of a f- character, or a fictional character is what I'm used to, but it might be a biographical character. It just helps you empathize with people who are different than you. Um, you're, it's training your brain to look at things from a different perspective and I think improv also helps you do that uh, storytelling and acting you kind of need to know how to do those things to really embody these, these characters and, and try to do things from their perspective it actually has a funny side effect sometimes it can make people worthless at solving simple puzzles <laughs> in, why? in Dungeons and Dragons there's often like the cliche of like the simple puzzle like in Lord of the Rings when everyone's stepping up to the door and Gandalf is trying to use the elvish words to open the door um, it's kind of an example of one of the puzzles that you might see in a D&D campaign uh, people are just generally terrible at solving simple puzzles like this even if they're like ones that you might find in a children's book and one of the theories that I have for that or one of the reasons why I think that happens is that um, you're trying to embody another emotional character. You're trying to put yourself into the headspace of somebody else. So your brain has to go through this filter before your brain can access the puzzle directly. You're trying to think, well, how would my character be interacting with this? It doesn't. I'm yeah. gesturing a lot, which doesn't work in a podcast medium, but I think it's helping well, uh, Doug get the
0: idea. <laughs> well, it's like it's it, it's really awesome because yeah, improv and games. They allow us, like that emotional or mental elasticity and empathy, but they also kind of give us a break from our, being ourselves too, which is uh, refreshing. And that's why people like going, like when I go to play baseball or maybe when I go out a bike ride. Even mm-hmm. it's like I'm becoming that character in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm the rules of baseball surround me, or the rules of cycling, mm-hmm. or that reality, and I, I can leave other things aside mm-hmm. for a while. And even mm. that, it's like, it's like a healthy retreat or a healthy respite from mm. the, the, the day-to-day egotistical lives that we're forced to live in modern society. Just right. Let yourself go for a few hours. Right. You don't want to go to
1: the yoga class where the teacher is asking you, like, do you want to work on this now? Or do you want to work on this? Do you want to do this or that? Or maybe you do. Depends on your yoga class. but." A lot of people really enjoy going to a space where they don't have to make any decisions. Exactly. Those people would not invo- would not enjoy Thic quest You have to make a lot of decisions in thick But you're still guided. <laughs> you're still guided a lot. Yeah, there's a there's a guiding there's guidance there, um, and you do get to put yourself away for that a little bit because you're embodying a different character, maybe the most heroic version of yourself, and that is that is fun. You get to be this fictionalized version of yourself, which in Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons
0: is really nice. And practicing making decisions is an important part of uh, games because a lot of anxiety comes from stressing about decisions in real life and a lot mm-hmm. of depression comes from regretting decisions in real life. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing I've learned from playing a lot of poker is um, it just kind of gives you a framework for decision making and understanding, mm-hmm. okay, what's the what's this option, what's that's option? Mm-hmm. You know, just counterbalancing and weighing different mm-hmm. things. Yeah, you
1: discover that in a Dungeons & Dragons game where your game master uh has a bunch of goblins that are nearby that you might kill and then you're confronted with their families and their children afterwards and you wonder was that the best decision for me Hmm. to have made so yeah there's definitely decision making in the games sometimes
0: me have one more official question then i often okay. ask if you want to ask me a question let's do that we'll close with your last question but before that do you have any question for me you could pay past. you already asked me one and i uh, i do have official. a question yeah, for yeah. You. what do you got
1: um what is your favorite thing about what you do maybe it's podcasting or creating school of the mind and what is your least favorite thing let's start with your least favorite what's your least favorite thing about doing school of the mind and weather Daniel? of the mind weather of the
0: mind sorry and school of What's the system? Geez. um, A lot of it really, it's kind of like, to turn it back on you, I think I've done a good job of being patient, being like, listen to intuitively my strengths and weaknesses and what I really, you know, where's my intrinsic motivation? Mm -hmm. What do I really care about? And it takes you a while in life to find that but you know coming at, you know when i was in my early 20s emotional health became more and more apparent both locally and regionally locally meaning like i dealt with severe anxiety but i also was like realizing how this is a problem that is very widespread hmm. so to to be able to address creatively some of these issues and to be building something that is a response or it might be a tool for people this is where you you and i have some parallels and uh, i just feel so happy and encouraged by the process without i mean i get some extrinsic validation but it's very intrinsically motivated if mm. anything i fall fall on the side of being too much an intrinsically motivated person mm. but luckily i care a lot about emotional health in society so mm. i'm not just a total selfish jerk um so the hardest thing the hardest thing I guess is um, probably uh, finding ways that I can not compromise my mission or my vision, but also find ways to make it financially viable. That's mm-hmm. probably the mm-hmm. challenge mm-hmm. and uh, and realizing your own limitations I I, some of us are not marketers by nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not my nature. I don't want to convince people Mm -hmm. to buy anything ever, even Mm -hmm. if it's something that I created and Mm -hmm. it's really valuable. So that's, but uh, you learn how to build a team and maybe that's not what I should be doing. Maybe I should be creating content and someone Mm -hmm. else should be helping market that idea and get Mm -hmm. it to the people. So I think, was that a fair answer?
1: I think it's a great answer. Yeah, Yeah, I, I identify with that as well. I mean, I think that if you create something good, then it, Hopefully, I think it'll bring back to you what it is that you're trying to... Um, what, you're, what you deserve for what you're putting out there. I, I hope. I think that that's true. Um, so creating something of value. And over time, it'll it'll build up. It markets itself in, in some ways. But I also don't feel like I'm the best marketer in, in the world. But what's your favorite thing
0: about, about what you do? My favorite thing is I'm completely fascinated by... Emotions, mm. emotional health. Mm-hmm. I'm very fascinated how we can really shift our perspective over time and, mm-hmm. and have a, a much healthier wisdom is about perspective. And mm. if you practice, meaning like you take time to think and digest life, and it, there's like levels to wisdom and you can get more at peace and more wise as life goes on. And maybe there's not formal levels. Maybe there should be some things that may be hard to formalize. But I feel like there's... A progression and a journey so the fact that I'm in, engaged in that is, is a blessing but again it's choices people might say wow well, you're lucky you have the time to do that but it's like i've decided mm-hmm. to make that time mm-hmm. i've decided to live without a car i've decided mm-hmm. to rent a small simple room that mm-hmm. is my bedroom and the studio yeah i decided to cook my own meals you know <laughs> i decided to live on a budget of it's so
1: funny we have like a lot of parallels oh i know <laughs> but again
0: if, If we decided to go the route of Horton and me to have a wife and kids by Mm -hmm. age 30, Mm -hmm. which is farthest thing from my motivation, Mm -hmm. it might have been incompatible. Mm -hmm. So innovation is cool and it's important, but it all sometimes it takes people to like really feel a calling and to kind of self sacrifice a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, it's it's a self sacrifice in quotes, because it's a self sacrifice financially, hmm. but is it a self-sacrifice emotionally or socially or mentally? No. no. So when you look at all these different, you know, you talk about breaking down into six categories. I break things into like categories, the weather of the mind school. And it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, financial health is one thing, but where's the emotional? Where's the mental? Mm-hmm. Where's the physical? I feel, I feel very grateful for where I'm in my life right mm-hmm. now. And I don't have a lot in the bank, but I got enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what with the weather of the mind school really try to push people to think about how are we defining success? How are we defining failure? How are we defining wealth? Because mm. we really have to know these in order to define what we want to aim for, what are goals that are worthy of us. So uh, for us, uh, I feel like we've been lucky that we've kind of been uh, finding our own path for a while, which mm. is has its challenges, mm-hmm. obviously. Moments of low camaraderie, but there's mm-hmm. also moments of great camaraderie, and there's moments of insight, and there's moments where you actually feel like, hey, I might actually be innovating and creating something of value. This mm-hmm. is very exciting. Yeah. So, intrinsic motivation. Hmm. I mean, I think if there's a way that we can develop education so we can nurture intrinsic motivation in youngsters. Hmm. Anything we can do to help that. I think intrinsic motivation. I mean, because part of the problem with mainstream education is the intrinsic motivation is not plugged into for a lot of kids. Hmm. And they just feel like they're being forced, forced, forced. And they're like, hey, if, you're, if we force you down this, then you can go to college. Then you could be just like me. And I'm like... Well, you're not very happy. You just seem like your life is borderline <laughs> oppressive. Mm. So that's a kind of a red flag. We grew up and we were told, do this, do this, do this. And then we see that a lot of the adults are just not healthy physically, not healthy emotionally, not healthy mentally. That was a red flag for a lot of us and said, mm. we've got to explore different paths here. Mm. So to be involved in that larger, that larger project where you and I are the camaraderie of that sort of like... Evaluating culture and contributing something proactively that engages uh, physical and emotional health. Hey, yeah, that's I'm uh, that's 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 a good clan <laughs> or tribe to be part of. So yeah, thank you for your efforts, and mm-hmm. I am very excited to share them with a bunch of people, and we'll get this archived. Have nice. you you'll be a part of the Weather of the Mind School for mm-hmm. the long term. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Jake Seegers mm-hmm. any uh, any closing comments or quotes or words or anything um, you feel like sharing. There's a quote that I wanted to use, and I was going to look up who said it,
1: and I can't remember what it is, but the quote is, anything that's worth doing is worth doing poorly, which is weird. It sounds counterintuitive, right? But the idea is if you're so caught up on doing everything perfectly that you don't end up doing it, then, then you're actually worse off. So if you find something that helps you get up and break out of the habit of not doing anything with your body if it helps you just get up and go for a walk maybe uh you're listening to your favorite podcast while you go for a walk even you might not have a walk in the woods habit maybe it's just 20 minutes while you start to go drink your cup of coffee is it doing uh your insanity workout that you used to do four years ago that helped you get really jacked and be at your best peak Physical performance? No, it's not. It's actually a lot less intense than that. But you're you're doing it. It's a lot better than doing nothing. So anything worth doing is is worth doing
0: poorly. which is. <laughs> I like it. Get the ball rolling. Yeah, Just get, get the, out of the get door. Get
1: the dice rolling, too. Start. Yeah. Get
0: <laughs> incremental. Incremental improvements. Yeah.
1: Add up. Add up. Yeah. So if you want to talk to me more, um, feel free to reach out at fitquestgm at gmail.com and we can have a conversation uh, I can uh, meet up with anybody who sends me an email and just talk about how FitQuest works and see if it's a good fit for for y'all or just answer questions about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. It's oh. super fun could have done this for another hour but yeah, we'll
0: do it we'll do it again sometime yeah
1: and we'll do our D podcast yeah. version we can have some some themes in there weather themes i actually thought of a roll table just for you we'll call it the weather of the mind roll table nice and we'll have it different emotional states and i'll try to listen to your podcast and incorporate those emotional states in there and the players can roll from the table to see what the weather of their mind is like on that day more It'll innovation. Let's
0: do it. <laughs> All right. It's been a real pleasure, Jake. Thanks I'm going to for... shake your hand. It's oh, a podcast. Shake my hand. Shake...
1: Can you hear the hands? Can you hear yeah. that? Can you hear? No. That's what it, no. All oh, right. I'm pretty sweaty. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> and Just a reminder to contact Jake Seegers to learn more or get involved in fitness training combined with role playing. This guy's a great innovator. Drop him a line at fitquestgm at gmail.com. That's FitQuest GM, as in Game Master. FitQuestGM at gmail.com. Thanks for coming in, Jake. Uh, this has been the Weather of the Mind podcast. As usual, I want to finish with some reminders. Hydration, hydration, hydration is foundation, foundation, mm. foundation. Uh, I mean, you talk a lot more about sleep on this podcast and how to get good sleep. But um, mm. just keep on uh, improving week to week and month to month. And uh, stay hydrated. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.